The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, Edmund Unplugged, Loot and XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, Commonplace Books, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 205 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. A local group is pushing for more diversity in our community. I'll have more in just a bit, but first, your week in geek. Disney is hiring actress Rosario Dawson to play Ahsoka Tano. The character lovingly dubbed Snips by her mentor Anakin Skywalker in The Clone Wars is appearing in the second season of The Mandalorian. Geeky fans might remember Dawson's recurring role as Claire Temple, a.k.a. the Night Nurse, in the Netflix Marvel television shows. The Mandalorian Season 2 will debut in October. Free Comic Book Day gets canceled because of the coronavirus outbreak. Matt Price reports for The Oklahoman with concerns about large gatherings amid the COVID-19 crisis. The National Comics Celebration is getting postponed to later in the summer. The news comes as many comic book stores are already facing a rocky path as many have been forced to close their doors as non-essential businesses. The 19th free comic book day was originally set for May 2nd, but will be set for later this summer when a new date is set by Diamond Comics distributors. Netflix taps Ryan Reynolds to star in its live-action version of Dragon's Lair. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the Deadpool star is working to play Dirk the Daring in the film based off the 1983 video game created by Rick Dyer and Don Bluth. Bluth, who would later go on to create an American tale in The Secret of Nim, is helping to produce the movie. At the time, the animated video game was revolutionary, following the adventures of Dirk trying to rescue the Princess Daphne from the clutches of the evil dragon known as Singe and, and the wizard Mordrock. A museum in Wisconsin plans an exhibit to the creator of Dungeons & Dragons. The Geneva Lake Museum is opening an exhibit to honor Gary Gygax, who created the iconic role-playing game in 1974. Organizers say they hope it will include artifacts, illustrating the game's creation, its popularity, and its place in local history. Museum officials are working with Gygax's family and with area collectors to fill the exhibit, as well as seeking suggestions or donations from Dungeons & Dragons fans. This has been your week in geek. The group Yes Love OKC is using awareness, art, and continued education and social media to push for more inclusion of all people. Yes Love OKC has planned a special had planned a special event called UBU Diversicon at the University of Central Oklahoma, but just like everything else, it got postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic. But I still wanted to talk about the organization's message. Joining me to talk about Yes Love OKC is Executive Director Albert Rios and Treasurer Andrew Frederick. Welcome to the Okie Geek Podcast. Hey, how's it going? It's great, great. First off, oh, my condolences to the delay of Diversicon. Yeah, that was um, pretty hard. Uh, we've been working really hard to try to bring this um and just to be told like hey we can't do this and it was like at the beginning of the whole like corona outbreak and you know events started getting canceled little by little and then of course like 
we were like, all right, this is probably going to happen. And sure enough, you know, yeah. April 11th, um, we are going to have to postpone it, you know? And so that, that was, that was pretty difficult because it's an event that we've been super excited to bring to everybody and just kind of see what the turnout is. What was the goal of the, the group? What was you, what was your goal of the, of the event? Well, so I'm an avid con goer myself. Mm -hmm. There's a whole backstory of me going to them all, but I liked what the con community represented, just how how it's all inclusive and stuff like that. And I feel like it really represented partially what Yes Love stands for. So we just wanted to expand that con feel to other communities, like the body positivity fashion stuff we want to do, mm -hmm. and the drag community as well. Mm -hmm. We're just kind of tying all into one to educate. How the groups are all similar but then different. Right now, tell me what what is the message of Yes Love OKC? So Yes Love OKC really uh, focuses on spreading love uh, to all communities and a special focus on marginalized groups. Uh, we find a lot of um, communities, especially like the queer community or people of color. Um, there's not a lot of acceptance for them in places like Oklahoma. And so we really try to have difficult conversations to try to bring events where people can meet people and just really put those labels aside and at face value, really extend a handout to that person that is not like them and just get an idea of who they are as a person versus identifying them for a label or, you know, any other reason, whether it be socioeconomic status or um, political affiliations, you know, because at the end of the day, we are a lot more similar than different. So our goal is to try to put those things aside and just kind of focus on the human value of who we are as individuals. So finding maybe a, a way, a place where we can all agree. Is that right, Albert? So basically a yeah. place where we can all agree on something. Yeah. And even, um, and I don't know if it's even necessarily that far to take it to agree, but I think that respect and i think mm -hmm. it boils down to respect because so like you know even within the team um our board we all have different uh political views and different takes on situations because of how we grew up and our experiences but we really try to you know even if we get into a discussion about something try to understand where that person's coming because andrew might have insight to something that i don't have insight and i might have, have insight for him so we both walk away learning from each other something different, you know, and, and I think that's the goal is to just kind of plant those seeds to help people understand that, you know what, there are people outside of who I am that think a little different and it's okay. Like there's no harm, no foul to me if that person thinks different than I do. And I find that a lot at conventions when I go to them, that they seem to be a little bit more open to uh, certainly the uh, LGBTQ community. Uh, because I, I don't, I think it's maybe because we find similarities in, in our geekdom and we don't care, mm -hmm. you know, what your sexual preference is. You, we care about what, you know, do you, did you like the last Dr. Who episode, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Andrew can speak a lot to that because Andrew is the one that brought us the, you know, the parallel. He was like, Hey, do you know that what we're doing really mirrors what goes on in the cosplay world and all in the cons. And so he really was that, uh, that bridge that, that connected us to it and really showed us what exactly what you're speaking to. Yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. What, what, what was it that you, what, what did you want to bring to this? Well, the con stuff, like going to a 
not really my background, but some of my family's background. Mm-hmm. I have family wisdom, questionable history. We'll leave it at that one. <laughs> and I started taking my niece to the cons a few years ago. She's She was very much introverted, didn't really have, wasn't very talkative to friends, even at school and stuff. I took her to her first con probably about five years ago. And she saw people dressed in the same characters on her as her. So that really got her into it. She's, and people just started talking to her and accepting her for the, who she was. She just she just felt so comfortable being there. And for me, it was for me it was just very warming to see people actually accepting her for how for who she was. And she's really grown into that. And she's gotten involved in the art community and everything else since then. So it's helped her grow. Yeah, I, I think also that helps is that when you're talking about conventions, you are usually talking about some kind of art form and uh, usually right. whether it's cosplay or, or even just I mean, visual art of, of, of people drawing and, and painting, uh, which I, I think lends itself to be a little bit more inclusive. We kind of have to because that's that's kind of people we're around all the time. Is that so? I, I think I think kind of think that might be why there is so much more inclusion. I see at cons than anywhere else. Right. Well, and one thing that um, Andrew really brought to my attention is that there's a lot of gender bending in the cosplay mm-hmm. world where men will cosplay as female characters or different races and nobody bats an eye. Right. Like, it's not a huge deal. It's just, hey, I want to be this character and I'm this character. And they really take it kind of like a, a theatrical point of view as like an acting role or, you know, a play. And and I think that's, for me, where I connected the dots to drag because, you know, a lot of people have a huge misconception of what drag is. And drag has been done for years. And so a lot of people try to, like, sexualize and, and make drag like a like a perverted um, thing. But it's really, no, it's, it's men that dress as women and put on a show. Mm-hmm. Just like any actor in Hollywood that would, you know, audition for a role and become that character, you know, it's not anything more than that. And I think that the cosplay world understands that and it's not a huge problem and everyone is a little bit more free to be able to go between genders and nobody judges them for it. Right. And some of the, my, my, I remember uh, Priscilla queen of the desert where I, I, the idea that it was just about putting on a great performance regardless of it wasn't, it wasn't about sexual orientation or anything. It was about being able to perform and putting out a great performance, even though, you know, in, in that vein, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Priscilla Queen of the Desert. It's, I haven't, if you haven't, you should, it's very, very good. Um, and, uh, Hugo weaving is the star and it's, it's very good, but you know, that's one of the things I love about, um, when I go to see, uh, the, the cosplay contest there's there's no fear you can be anybody regardless you just it's just about making a costume and going out there and putting on a great show yeah and that's what it comes down to is just the show mm-hmm. and the character you play and the character you are for that moment you know what else what is what else does does yes are you guys fairly new is this a fairly new group yes okay yes yes love okc this is going to be our fourth year uh in operation now. Mm-hmm. So not very new. <laughs> what have you guys been doing? So we we started with a photo shoot, um, which we called like um, our love photo shoot. Some yeah. people call it a hug a stranger photo shoot. But um, really what was behind that was just inviting a bunch of people from all walks of life, 
creating an event on Facebook and seeing who shows up. And at that event, we put everyone's name in a hat and we drew the names, paired them up with a stranger and allowed them to converse and get to know each other by giving them an icebreaker question. And then we had um, a local photographer, which is our uh, vice president, Valerie Vaughn. And she took their picture in front of a local artist's uh, artwork that kind of embodied love and and we just captured that moment that these two strangers had where they could embrace each other through love without even caring about what they looked like what they thought who they loved who they didn't and just about two human people making contact and connection yeah i think we could use more hugs right now but unfortunately because of the social distancing (laughs) we can't Exactly. Yeah, I you know I have some friends uh, from from my church who go out and they do the the mom free mom hugs and free mm-hmm. dad hugs. Uh, it, it's just amazing. I I always sometimes I, I forget, and I think it's probably because I tend to be around more people that are inclusive. That there is still so much hate and diversion and 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 diversion. Um, divisiveness out there. Uh, And I don't, I don't see it nearly as much. And that is true. I understand that that's also because I'm a white straight man. So are you seeing it? Is, is there still that hatred out there to not only people of color, but uh, people uh, in the queer community that, that just, that we need to make other people realize that it's still out there. That'd be more <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yes, there is. Um, and I think that you said you said the key thing is that when we surround ourselves with people that are open-minded, it's hard to see mm-hmm. that there's still a problem. And so I think that I, I really like what you say because I do surround myself with a lot of open-minded people and a lot of people that get it and that are accepting and it's not an issue. But usually those are the people that gravitate towards us, you know, are the mm-hmm. people that think like us and believe what we believe. So yes, because I hear a lot of my queer friends who have experienced either homophobia or yeah. um, racism, discrimination uh, for being themselves. And that can be um, people of color being uh, not able to perform in certain venues because they are people of color or queer people just getting attacked for being queer people. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a very prominent thing and i think with the election we see a lot more of that Mm -hmm. um and again this is where we started four years ago was during the election was that divisiveness and that hatred that started coming out and you know we're in a time right now that can be that's very scary because we don't know where the future of the country is going to be but we do see a lot of people who don't feel like they have a place you know and oftentimes a lot of our trans friends we hear um that they, you know, they're trying to be erased or, you know, they have no, they don't know where to fit in in this picture. And so it is really difficult to kind of hear those people because, you know, we all have privilege to some degree. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what you measure privilege as. But I think um, that even for me, sometimes I don't always, re- like I may be where I'm at, but that doesn't mean that every minority group that I represent is at the same place I'm at. So we have to remember that there are people like us who are struggling or are being discriminated against 
uh, daily. Right. And I think even though there has been a lot, a little bit more acceptance, I think, of uh, the, the gay community, I think you're, you're right that the trans community is still so uh, is still put out so far on the, the, the outside that, that there's so little acceptance of them. And I don't I don't know why. Maybe there just needs to be a little bit more edu- more of an education that these are people that need love as well. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. And we've done uh, we had a trans trans resource fair we did, which was huge we teamed up with free mom hugs for that i think it was last september or the september before two years two years ago Mm -hmm. and it was just amazing to see all these people come together for resources for them and i i I think that we still when people say lgbtq it's almost okay now to skip over um the t and so a lot of times in the community um trans people do not fit in because you know, you even within the community, you have gay people like, oh, well, you're not necessarily gay, or you have um, people who are bi. They're like, well, you're not bi, and so I think it makes it really difficult for trans people to find that identity of where they fit within the community itself. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that that was a thing. Hmm. And do you do you so? Uh, what would you? Are you guys are still doing diverse content? I understand that, that was going that was still coming back, right? The goal is, yes, to go ahead and do that. Now, when? <laughs> yeah, we're working with UCO on that one and the, uh, the what has been, now and the... Uh, now and uh, the Women's Center. center. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we have to, I guess the first thing would be to see when this is over because yeah. um, it's hard. Because, yeah. you know, so, and, and I think maybe even reevaluating to find a venue because um, there are a lot of uh, restrictions and red tape that we have to adhere to with working with the university, which is, which is fine. But mm. I think that um, we, we, we may need to consider looking at venues to, to be able to make this a bigger thing, because I think the, t- the time that we have now to kind of plan more allows us an opportunity to look at what we didn't have together and hopefully make it bigger and better than what, where, you know, where we were heading with it. Yeah, what was the kind? Of, it seemed like you were getting a good, pretty good reaction of, of people who wanted to to come and be a part of this. Yeah, it's and that's the thing. Like, it's so hard with Facebook sometimes to gauge that. Um, we had a lot of people that I personally talked to, that Andrew personally talked to, that were super excited, super mm-hmm. interested. But at the same time, there was this apprehension of like, well, we haven't heard of this before, so we don't know if we want to commit to it. Right. Um, and so that I think that that was one of the challenges we were facing is um, trying to convey that this is yes it's like a con but it's definitely like an elevated con on steroids you know we're we're focusing <laughs> like on three different components and incorporating love through it all and so I I mean I think the potential for it to be super huge is is, is there it's just again kind of reaching out to those people that aren't sure what to expect when they just see Diversicon, you know? Well, and I find that we had a, we've ever, we have, I've been doing this now for about five, six years and I've been covering uh, conventions. And usually the first one is a little, not always the easiest to do. It's usually your second mm-hmm. one where you really get off the ground because then you've kind of proven to everyone that this wasn't just a fly by night event. Yeah. Um, so hopefully when you guys come back, it, it, it'll show that, Hey, this was this, we couldn't do it the first time. But we are committed to doing this. 
Um, yeah. Do you guys have, uh, I mean, obviously we don't know what we're going to be doing <laughs> for the next month or so, um, but do you have other events or, or some way people can get in touch with you? So, um, you know, with the whole social distancing and trying to create community has presented itself as a challenge, but I think it's, it's been a really good challenge for a lot of times. So I, one thing that I like to say here recently was we focus on social distancing. And I think that that sends a wrong message to people that, you know, we have to disconnect socially from each other. And the reality is, I think we are focused, we should focus on physical dis- distancing from each other because it is a physical thing. We shouldn't be around people um, right. or have our six feet of space, but, but that social component, we still need it. And I think that's been a challenge lately for a lot of people because they are on quarantine. They are at home. Some people are with abusers. Some people are with people that they don't want to be quarantined with. So mm-hmm. mental health is a huge component that um, currently is suffering. So I think that we need to emphasize on social. And so we've been kind of racking our brains on things we can do to create that social connection through social media. And right. so, you know, and we've we've luckily been able to connect with people through social media throughout our, you know, four years. And so now what we're looking at is we and we haven't talked about it officially yet. So this will be the first time we really talk about it, um, is putting together like a um a competition, a talent competition. Mm-hmm. Um it's gonna be a four week talent competition and we're gonna have the our followers essentially vote on who they think is the top talent of the week and move forward into a finale. And that winner, each week a winner will get a like gift card or a bundle package from a local restaurant, local business. Yeah. And the finale, there will be um, several perks that will be given to the winner. So that's wonderful. What kind of talents, what kind of talents can, can people bring? All talent. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna open it up to all talent, um, but they're gonna have to bring it because you know here it's gonna be voted on by peers and, uh-huh. and people that that are on on social media. So, especially off the internet, because there are so, there are so many talented people that are on the internet, and and I, you know they'll it'll be bring other people in as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we're excited. I think that it'll be fun, and you know we like I said we have a really nice uh bundle pack for the winner and we're gonna have them perform at one of our events possibly even diversicon Mm -hmm. you know um so um we're excited about that that's great where can people find out more information about that so we haven't posted anything yet but it'll be on all our social media um on facebook Mm -hmm. instagram twitter um we should be hopefully releasing our audition flyer within the next few days that's awesome now you and it's it's uh, uh, yes, love. OKC on Facebook. Is that also the, the address on, on Twitter? Yes. Twitter, Instagram. It's all yes, love. OKC. That's right. Yes, love, OKC.com. Yeah. And yes, love. OKC.com is our website. Uh, we'll have it on there too. So really anywhere that they follow us, I think even on YouTube, it's yes, love. OKC. Yeah. We don't do a whole lot on there, but on which YouTube. Oh, on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tried to do the YouTube thing and it just didn't work. I'm radio, so it, <laughs> it wasn't as easy for me. I mean, but you've got so so you've got all this 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 diversity and hopefully uh, reaching out again. It's also I'm, I'm understanding this is also about education and letting people know that again, people who are different are not weird or bad. 
I'm guessing that's really the message mm-hmm. you're really trying to send out that we are all humans and yeah. we all deserve love. Yeah. Um, Definitely. where can people, uh, is, do you have a, 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 a email, email address or some way people, way people can get in touch with you? Yeah. It's yes. Love. OKC at gmail.com. That's wonderful. And find you on uh, Twitter and Facebook. And, and I, I love the idea of this, this talent show, uh, because it just, Again, it just allows for showing a lot of the diversity out there. Yeah, definitely. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. And and honestly, I think that, you know, we just need to stay connected at a time like this yeah. because we have a lot of people that are at home and not at work. And, and we really need to socialize as creatures. Um, it's part of our DNA. You know, it's one of our needs is to be to be part of a community, part to be accepted and loved and wanted. And I think that um that's why education is important to us because even in love and spreading that there is an educational component of how do we educate people that don't understand minority groups or don't understand topics like toxic masculinity and how it can Mm -hmm. destroy that connection with other people and so um we definitely want to push more for the educational component especially um right now And, and that's another thing we've kind of been thinking about is like with this time right now that we have being able to probably post virtual um, short lectures or, or panels online and, and kind of just get education out there as well too. That's right. And uh, I'm guessing it's also just, it's for any age, young, old, uh, it's, it's about bringing everybody in together. Yes. Fantastic. Guys, thank you so much. Anything else you want to make sure to mention? No, not that I can think of. <laughs> All right, great. Guys, thank you so very much, and you have a great day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Take care. So that's our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Albert Rios and Andrew Frederick, I'm Michael Cross reminding you to keep calm and geek on.